Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetzai. I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Krolbeck. It is Power Hour. It's Wednesday, baby. So we are power ranking something every Wednesday. And today we are power ranking the players we have just not been talking about all season. The players we've ignored. The players sitting alone at the lunch table. We are power ranking <laughs> the Glansbergs of the 2022 season. Like a fucking Steven Glansberg. Uh, yeah, these are the players that we've just neglected, essentially. We just, for whatever yeah. reason, I don't know why we haven't really talked about them all that much. They've been awesome. They've just, they've been workhorses, you know, doing it for your team this year and getting none of the glory. Well, that's what today's <laughs> episode is for. I think a real blind spot is that, uh, spoiler alert, media, media bias gets a lot of attention. Low-key, all media is actually biased mostly toward conflict and like we're biased toward surprise. And so our main thing that we talk about is always like, oh, what's going on that we didn't expect? So when players are good that we expected to be good, we kind of just never talk about them. Yeah, true. And then there's guys on bad teams who perform well, guys who don't score a lot of touchdowns. There's a lot of factors that come into play for why we don't give players the recognition they deserve. We'll get into that. Some of them we just don't like personally. You know? True. <laughs> like on a personal level, we just... Oh, wow. I don't know. Anyway, we'll go through them. So I, I, we all kind of, this one, we usually we do it on our own and we send players in and one of us ranks them. This one we kind of did as a group because we needed a group consensus what a Glansburg was. Um, I kind of then ignored it and made my own rankings based on whether I agreed. So I kind of just gave Sounds DK right. crazy the illusion of control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So per usual. I'm shocked. So I'm going through and we're ranking all the, like the Glansbergs, the guy that, the guys that we just haven't talked about enough this season. We want to give them some shine. So yep. We're going to go through after every couple minutes, you're going to hear this sound. It's a great song. Unbelievable <laughs> song. So just on Monday Night Football constantly now. Every week we get tweets being like, man, they're stealing this. <laughs> this is just blatant ripoffs. Hmm. Yeah. And really, it actually is being played Monday Night Football. So it is. Shout out everyone watching Monday Night Football. Uh, yeah. So we're doing a power style. So Kai, our producer, start the clock. Let's do this. Number one, Steven Glansberg of the season. Guy we've not been talking about enough. Craig, you, you picked this one. CeeDee Lamb, receiver for the Cowboys. <laughs> the skinny CeeDee Lamb <laughs> has not That's gotten right. hurt this year. <laughs> not going to win. He seems to be holding up well physically. This man has been a top 10 wide receiver this year. We just haven't talked about it. No one's talked about it. CeeDee Lamb is kind of living up to the hype of his potential. And... It felt like the reason why I think we have fallen off kind of the discussion around CeeDee Lamb and how good he is is because everyone thought it was going to happen last year because Dak came back from his injury. It was like the perfect time was last year. It all 
was supposed to be last year. And it just didn't happen. He had like a thousand yards and six touchdowns. And after that season, it felt like I lowered my expectations for him. And then this year, he's completely taken off. He already has as many touchdowns as he had last season. He's on pace for over 1,300 yards. Uh, and this team is a team that is kind of like a ground and pound, you know, run the ball, good defense team. And he's still having a fantastic year. He's shown that he can be a number one and he's been healthy. So, CeeDee Lamb. I think the other part of this equation is he started out the year a little bit slow the first two weeks. In fact, the first week he had two catches for 29 yards on 11 targets. They played the Bucs in that weird game where they had three points and then Dak right. got hurt. So it was Cooper Rush. Well, that's the thing. We, I think the most we've talked about CeeDee Lamb this year was, again, him being just frail. And then Dak broke his thumb and we were like, the sky is falling for the right. Cowboys. We were like, what is going to go on with the Cowboys without Dak? Right. And then ever since then, CeeDee Lamb's been unbelievable. Cooper Rush was like oddly competent. And then the Cowboys, I have a friend who I convinced to do fantasy football this year, but he wouldn't draft anyone other than the Cowboys because he's a huge Cowboys <laughs> fan. He started the year like 0 and 8. Mm. He's now like 5 and 8 because the Cowboys, literally just Cowboys players. Like Noah Brown in his lineup, like literally all Cowboys players, he's now scoring 140 every week. He's Cowboys like the Lions. He's like the real life Lions. Yeah. Just making a surge. Good for him. I'm really glad he's doing well because I was having like a crisis of faith for a minute there. Because I'm like, I really believed in my heart that C.D. Lamb is a very talented, good player. And then, like, for a while, I was like, am I the crazy one? Like, do do I just have, like, am I just blind? I can't really see what's happening here. He's just actually not very good. But thank God he's actually really is good. No, you're just deaf from Tom Tom. Skipping he must over. be drinking his milk this year. As a Giants fan, I had the with the opposite feeling to the same thing of like, is he not good? Because that would be so nice, you know. I was like, that would be You're great if CBM was not good. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially the Cowboys just keep drafting good players, which is infuriating. All right, next Glansburg here. Craig didn't want this one. I don't care. Austin Eckler, running back for the Chargers. <laughs> we argued about this, and Craig basically was like, Eckler's too like famous right. to be in Glansburg. I am overruling because there's one reason. He's literally the number one running back in PPR scoring. Like he's literally number one. He's number two and half PPR. I, that's our fault. We've like barely talked about him. It's because he's just really good every week. And I know, sure, maybe that we should be talking about Glansburg and number one, but here's the thing. Austin Eckler's literally on pace for the second most catches by a running back ever. Yep. He has 85 catches already in 12 games. Do you know how many people have done that? 85 catches in 12 games? How many, how many players overall? Yeah. I don't know. One, Austin Eckler this year. He's the first person to do that. Most running, this is running backs only? Or You're talking about running backs. Running back, yeah, no, not receiver. Oh, okay. Running back. Like, what? No, no, no. No, I, sorry, But that makes sense. That makes well, sense. Now, now it's really detracted from my point because the, wow, it's much less cool to say. <laughs> but he's the first running back to have 85 catches through 12 games. Like, I mean, if you're in a full PPR league, this is crazy. He's yeah. fourth in the NFL in catches, like including everybody. <laughs> Again, this is like That's it wild. goes back to what we talk about where he's not quite to this level because he doesn't have that much rushing yards, but it's like having two, like an extra player on your team, like just over your competition. It's like having two players instead of one um, because he catches so many footballs. In addition to running, you know, he's ra rushed for seven touchdowns. It's not like he's like a stiff on the ground either. Yeah, the funny thing was that last year, Austin Eckler had 20 touchdowns and the narrative around him was, well, he's not going to do that again. Regression, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's got 12 touchdowns in 12 games this year. So he's on pace for 17. Well, so he's not exactly so slowing down. Right. There's always one guy, Craig, you nailed this a few years ago. Like every year, there's one running back that gets 18, 19, 20. And we're like, hey, that guy can't do it again. But they do. Yes. It's it was like, Aaron yeah, Jones like, a few years ago. And it's like regression, generally right. Except for like that one guy who's really Sometimes good. not. All right, next one here. Oh, look at the timing. Boom. Incredible. Great song. Next one, DK. Yo. Number three player we have not talked about enough this season. Ramondre Stevenson running back for the Patriots. This is such a good one. Yeah, to me, I don't know why we haven't really talked about him that much because he's having a breakout campaign. Like, he's been really, really good. He's been everything I think a lot of people wanted him to be and more. Um, especially on a Patriots team that has in the past really relied on like a rotation at the running back position most of the time. You know, it's always been really frustrating to try and guess who's going to be the top guy in this in this offense this year. And it does help. I will say that Damian Harris got hurt, but I think he was already trending towards being like the main 1A guy in this backfield. Ramondre has just absolutely taken over. He has a full-time role. And since, since he took over that like really, you know, dominating snaps and everything, full-time role in week five, he is the running back six. He's the running back eight in points per game on the full season. 
But since taking over, running back six, he's fourth among running backs in targets in that time. So again, this is kind of like the Eckler discussion. Ramondre has quietly turned into one of the elite receiving backs in the NFL. Fourth in catches in that stretch, fourth in yards, receiving yards in that stretch, second in target rate in that stretch, 22.4%. He's essentially being used like Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, Eckler. Uh, last week, he had 98% of the snaps for the Patriots. I, I, DK, you just took that from my mouth because I was about to say, like, the shortcut to finding, like, elite running backs is just, like, how often are they on the field? Because unless you're Alvin Kamara and you just, like, Eckler scored a touchdown a game, it's basically, like, you know, really good running backs are on 65, 70, 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. And then anyone over like 80% of the time, if you're on the field 80% of the time, you're elite. 98% missed one snap last week. Like Bill Belichick. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's the first, he just gave one player the, the backfield for like 20, the first time in like 20 years. It doesn't happen that way. I mean, obviously it helps that Harris, it helps Ramondre's case that Harris has been banged up. And I believe he was. One right. One play without Ramondre Stevenson in 2022. That doesn't happen anymore. Right, Even right. It just doesn't happen. I think to me, you know, and I'll, I'll respect Tom. Tom, just give me one more thing to say. But like the, the big story really is that he is, has turned into one of the elite receiving backs in the NFL. And that's super important going forward. He's a sleeper pick for the most valuable draft pick of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On that note, next one, Craig. Next player. We have not talked about enough. 2022, Glansburg, Chris Olave, receiver for the Saints. This dude is ninth in the NFL in receiving yards. Like, not only is this man a rookie, but he's pretty much been the only weapon on the Saints mm. since week three when Michael Thomas went down, and he's just still impressing. I mean, and he, he's a huge deep threat guy. He's third in the NFL in air yards. Uh, he only has two drops on the year. Like, he's super smooth and silky. Like, he just immediately looks like a professional wide receiver. And of all the rookies this year playing wide receiver year, Drake London had a really hot start. Garrett Wilson's had a really, like, hot last four weeks. Traylon Burks is coming on. Christian Watson's going nuts. Pickens looks like a legit star. Out of all of that, Chris Olave's been the best rookie wide receiver, and he's the least talked about. Yeah. And the offense has been so bad, which is probably why he hasn't been talked about. But I think, to your point, there's so many receivers who have broken out recently, this year, but also the last few years, Justin Jefferson, so many good rookies. And DK, I'm curious what you think about this. I feel like we see a lot about, okay, Justin Jefferson comes on the scene, Jamar Chase, you're like, wow, what an incredible athlete. What a talent. Olave isn't exactly that as much as Olave just immediately looks hyper-competent. Yeah, in a way that I feel like polished in a way I just don't feel like rookies just come in looking and he was Pol- like that polished is the best word I think that you could use for that like he's just he's already looks like a veteran running routes like the way that he creates separation the way that he sort of lulls a defender to sleep I mean I will say he is extremely fast like he runs in the four twos four threes so it's not like he's slow um, but I think just the way he plays is very he just looks like a veteran out there. And so like the sky is the limit. I mean, he's already putting up numbers that would, would sort of like, you know, compete with any of these superstar elite receivers that we've seen over the last few years. And so like, I'm just excited to see what he can do down, down the line, especially with a good quarterback, you know, we're not doing bad with the timer. Yeah. yeah. A lot of his, it, yeah. He's just really impressive to watch another guy. Impressive to watch next Glansburg player. We're not talking about enough so far this season, dude, Deontre Hopkins for the Cardinals. Yeah. I didn't know where to put him because he was suspended for six games. So it's like, what do we, you know, but every year there's a, not every year, but every once in a while, there's a star who's suspended for four, six, eight games and nobody drafts him or he goes for a way, way like deflated price. That always is, it works out. It's always a smart pick to just take the 29 <laughs> yeah. year old superstar who's missing six weeks. Cause you get him for like it's so eight true. bucks in the draft. And then he turns out to, Hey, what do you, th- what'd you think? He's Deandre Hopkins again. Unless this will fuller. But uh, no, you're right. So since De- DeAndre Hopkins came back in week seven, the only receivers that have more fantasy points than Hopkins are Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. That's wow. literally it. He's immediately as good as you thought he was. I love that. He has, he and he has the type of game, and I think I said this on the show last, the last show, he has the type of game that will age well to me. Like he's just like so, such a good route runner. He knows how to use leverage. He's just obviously got a really big wingspan and catches the ball better than almost anybody in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really, really impressive what he's been doing, especially considering, I think a lot of people were afraid he was like falling off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel, I kind of feel bad for DeAndre Hopkins cause he's 
going to have one of the better careers ever at wide receiver and has just is just usually on pretty shitty teams, man. Like yeah. I, this guy's going to be 30 years old soon and I don't know how many times he's made the playoffs. I think he did maybe once or twice with with the Texans, but it, it's just a it's a, been a depressing career from a success standpoint for DeAndre Hopkins. You also mentioned falling off Traverius Ward, who's a cornerback on the Niners, literally called him Steroid Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then DeAndre Hopkins Steroid said he wanted boy. to fight him in a boxing ring. But did you see that one-handed grab he made against the Chargers defender? The four, they were It's like the best four-yard catch you'll ever see. Well, the one where he's like falling down and he reached up to pluck it out of the air? Are you talking about that one? Yeah, Kyler just... Imagine Kyler Murray throwing a dart directly to a defender linebacker between the numbers, and DeAndre Hopkins goes to save him like a movie from a bullet and just catches it. Just snags it like it was like a a fan, like a dad grabbing like a ball in a, in a, ba- a foul baseball. The all time that dad saves. Like. That's a good like wormhole to go down to, go down through. Like there's the I, there's a bunch of videos of dads like catching their kids while they're like reading their phone or something. You know, it's just like all time. <laughs> it dad was moves. like that. <laughs> dad instincts. Better play by eye. Okay. Next, Glansburg here. Another controversial choice. Player we're not talking about enough. Number six. DK, you had Daniel Jones, quarterback yeah. for the New York Giants. So Heifetz, he quibbled with my selection of Daniel Jones in this. And I think I think it's because we've talked about the Giants a lot, but we haven't really talked about Daniel Jones specifically all that much to me, especially what he's doing on the ground. I mean, he's been pretty good. Like he's, number one, he's cleaned up the turnovers a lot based on where he was early in his career. I went back and looked at some of the turnovers, turn, like the turnover rate he had early in his career. 2019, he had 12 interceptions and 18 fumbles, including 11 lost fumbles in 13 games. 20, and that was his rookie year. 2020, 10 picks, six lost fumbles. Last year, he got a little bit better, seven picks, three lost fumbles, and, and that was in 11 games. And then this year, he only has four picks and three lost fumbles in 12 games. So he's like really cleaned up in terms of turnovers, which is huge for him. But the rushing thing is really what's important, especially from a fantasy point of view. He is the QB9 right now. He's a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. I don't think anyone really expected that. That was like maybe like his ceiling outcome because he is athletic and everything. But I think we need to celebrate the fact that he's been actually really good in fantasy. Um, He has 522 rushing yards and four touchdowns. He's fifth among quarterbacks in rushing fantasy points per game behind only Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. (laughs) I, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. Hypus doesn't want to say I mean, anything think, good about him, I think. And I get that it's just basically as the fan, like he's not trying to. Don't worry. No, no, that's not it. That's not it. I think that what's weird is that if this season was it's it's funny that they're in the playoff mix, because if this season is supposed to be one thing for the Giants, it was get an evaluation on Daniel Jones, because the previous years have all been just utterly wasted, either through injuries or coaching. And it's like the most injured the Giants have been. And that even with this great season in Brian Dable, it's like we still have no idea what Daniel Jones is capable of because it's is it impressive that he's got them with seven wins with like Isaiah Hodgins as a starting receiver? Or is he just like, you know, a game manager being schemed up to his max right now? I don't know. And we won't know. And they're going to have to sign him to yeah. an extension or not based on really never having an actual team around him. God, they can't. I no. think they're going to. He's never had skill players in his life. He played at Duke. He's never had. He's never had good players around him for a whole season in his entire like NFL caliber starting players around him for in, in his entire season. Bill Bill threw out this stat on his show on Sunday. Uh, Daniel Jones is on track for thirty three hundred yards and seven hundred and forty rushing yards. So thirty three hundred passing yards, seven hundred and forty rushing yards. There's eight players in the three thousand passing yards, seven hundred rushing yard club in NFL history: Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Russ Wilson, Robert Griffin. And Randall Cunningham, those are the eight. And Daniel Jones, if he continues to play and and hits these, what what he's on track for, he'll be the ninth. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I was shocked. Michael Vick wasn't on that list, but yeah, Michael Vick caught really, really close twice. In two thousand two, he had twenty nine hundred yards and seven 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 rushing yards. Um, in twenty ten, he had he went over three thousand passing yards and almost seven hundred rushing yards. So he was just like right below the cusp on those. But still, that to yeah. me, that's like impressive. Like I, I. I I'm disrespecting Tom. Tom, I don't care. My my gut on Daniel Jones is uh, he has absolutely earned my respect with the combo of taking physical punishment and lowering his shoulder and like he's willing to just get hit in a way that a lot of quarterbacks aren't. And then also, I used to worry when he kept turning the ball over his first few years, I literally was like, I wonder how he crosses the street because he had just no pocket <laughs> he can't, awareness. They and I respect can't him send for, him to England because he's definitely just not going to look the right direction. Uh, yeah, actually. But yeah, I... I 
The play calling has been smarter. I, His decision making has been smarter. It feels like he's been neutered. Like he's just like no longer the like crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's like your crazy college friend that you meet and you're like, oh, he has like a fiance and is like normal and doesn't do drugs anymore. He like started dating okay. a girl with a kid, so he's like really grown up pretty fast. Whoa, you're wearing a tie? Yeah. That's that's weird. You're going to a funeral? The on play. He's like, yeah, I got a job in sales now. You're like, oh. All right. <laughs> he's probably hit his, I think this is closer to his max than his floor. Anyway. I'm sorry, I could talk about that forever. All right, next one. Player we're not talking about enough this season. Number seven, DK, you had Terry McLaurin. No, Craig, you had Terry McLaurin for Washington. Yeah, so Terry McLaurin was an accidental draft pick of mine. I, we need to come <laughs> up with a fantasy. It's like the condom broke or something. Like I didn't plan on having Terry McLaurin, but I got him. I was basically <laughs> in a bidding war with somebody in my auction draft because I thought he was going for like a relatively oh, yes. uh, cheap price. And then the other person just backed off and I just landed with Terry McLaurin. But yeah. he's been he's been so fun to, to, to watch this year, especially after Carson Wentz. I think we need to anoint Terry McLaurin as, as the new Allen Robinson. There needs to be, there always needs to be like an overly talented wide receiver wasting their prime years with mediocre quarterbacks. And it's, it's McLaurin, man. I mean, in his career, who is, who here is who he has caught passes from Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Garrett Gilbert, Carson Wentz, and Taylor Heineke. That's it. Garrett Gilbert. Dude, I do not remember Garrett Gilbert getting involved in that. The way that you said that. Uh, uh, and he's been tough. awesome. He's a top 15 wide receiver on the season. He's only got three touchdowns. Like he's doing it the old fashioned way with catches and yards. So <laughs> shout out McLaurin. The catches and yards. <laughs> Craig has got some really good analogies with the condom breaking. He's doing it the old fashioned way. He's the missionary position of fantasy stars. <laughs> just fucking points and yards. Back in I love my Terry day. McLaurin. Hi, Vince. He just tore up your Giants. How did it feel? How does it feel I'm rooting so against Terry McLaurin? <laughs> You know what? It's funny you ask. I I feel like a, a, a existential crisis in a lot of my sporting fandom because all the teams that I have to hate are filled with really likable people. Oh, McLaurin's like, awesome. Hey, Terry McLaurin, like Washington, obviously easy to hate, but Terry McLaurin is like a very likable person. I think the team of Washington is is likable. I think the commanders. But they are. A, the players, dude. Yes. Jonathan Allen, if you're Jonathan Allen talk, is like very likable. Dude, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. How do you not like Jalen Hurts? How do you root against him? It's like annoying. Cowboys, Dak is likable. You know, the Cowboys defense is legit fun to watch. And then like, no one cares. But like baseball, it's like Yankees in your division with the Blue Jays. It's like, how do you root against Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Like the Red Sox have <laughs> Rafael Devers. Like all these teams I grew up hating, I kind of look, I'm like, wow. These seem like fun guys that are nice. But also, they're having a good time. Yeah. And I don't know how to hate them anymore. You got to get your shit together, man. Find a way. I don't know. Find it's, a I way need... to hate them. That's what fans do. Yeah. I need I need to hate Terry McLaurin. Get a manufacture something. Next one here. DK, number eight player. We are not talking about enough this season. Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. My guy, Brandon. Um, quietly, he's been the best and most reliable 49ers skill player this year. Obviously, CMC coming in and kind of like steals his thunder. And you could probably say he's more valuable and everything. But um, on the season, team high 56 catches, team high 698 yards, team high six touchdowns, 13.4 PPR points per game. I was actually surprised to find out that Debo has now scored more points per game than Ayuk because it's just feel, it just felt like Debo, or sorry, it felt like Ayuk has been way, way more just consistent week in and week out. He's just always giving you that floor um, in an offense that is very just like all over the place, it feels like. Every every game, this has been sort of like the story for the 49ers, is like every game a different superstar steps up and like is the guy for them, whether it's Kittle, whether it's CMC, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, whether, you know, Jeff Wilson was that guy for a little while. They got so many different players um, in the offense. But I feel like Ayuk has quietly been super just consistent and I've been plugging him into my lineups every week and I've just been happy with it. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there, just that basically... He's one of those guys that I just haven't regretted drafting at all. Well, the Niners have so many famous skill players, right? Like George Kittle, super famous. Debo Samuel, super famous. Now they have McCaffrey, super famous. The Niners as an organization are super famous. Right. And then there's just Ayuk, who's really good and not even a fraction as famous as anybody else. So I feel like he does get kind of just brushed under the rug in the overall conversation about like how fun and cool the Niners are. But he's probably one of the more overqualified number three options in the league. Like uh, right. you have T Higgins, who's like the best number two in the league. Ayuk is probably right there below him as a top five guy. Who's not a number one. I think it's a good point. I think the left tackle Trent Williams is probably more famous than Brandon <laughs> Ayuk right. is, honestly. 
Their coach like how many is more famous. Close your eyes. You probably know what Trent Williams' face looked like. How many people actually know what Brandon Ayuk's face even looks like? Never mind what his, his voice sounds like. Yeah. It's hard to be on the yeah. same team as Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is like one of the coolest players in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's going to overshadow him. Great song. It's All right. Song. Next up here. <laughs> this is the one that actually inspired this episode this week. Right. We were Number nine. Glansburg player. We're not talking about enough this season. Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah baby. He was the inspiration. He was the reason we did this segment. He just, again, we just don't appreciate him enough. And, and, I think along this almost similar lines as Ayuk, it's obviously it's probably difficult to play alongside TK Metcalf, one of the coolest, sexiest players in the NFL. Just like big personality, Adonis, well, literally the sexiest. He's extremely sexy. Um, and then there's Lockett, who's been really just incredibly consistent all year. He's actually outscored TK Metcalf this season. Uh, Lockett is the wide receiver. He's been 10. consistent his whole life, disciplined. Well, in a lot of ways. What, well, he has been very disciplined. Consistent, though, I would quibble with that term because I feel like he... It was a he, joke he, about, about sex. what we talked about earlier gotcha, this week. Gotcha, gotcha. He consistently doesn't have sex. Right. That, that was, yeah. He's absent because he has faith and discipline, unlike, you know, other people. <laughs> okay. He's just... Con you know, him and DK just lead Metcalf. I don't know about you, DK. Um, but DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett lead different lives. That's... Well, that's true. You know, different strokes, as Craig said. Uh, however, like, I will, I'll point out, Lockett kind of got a reputation for being incredibly boomer bust over the years. And part of that was like just the nature of the Seahawks offense over the years where it was run heavy and then throw the ball deep. And sometimes Lockett would catch like a big pass or whatever. And then sometimes he wouldn't. This year, he has just two games with fewer than 11 fantasy points. Like that's like his floor, 11 points. Um, and I know that sometimes that's not going to win you a week, but he's also not going to lose you a week. So I just think um, I really appreciate what he's been doing. I went back and looked at the ADP. Metcalf was the wide receiver 19 in PPR in drafts. Lockett was the wide receiver 38. We do this every year with him. Yeah. I just, we always underwrite and undervalue Tyler Lockett. I think we always assume it's a fluke. He's a deep threat guy. Oh, Russell Wilson's gone. It's not going to work out this year. And every year he delivers. Yeah. Well, I think that the thing that was uh, a joke that isn't a joke, that's a joke that I kind of believe is Tyler Lockett. We kind of had pinned as a deep threat deep threat because Russell Wilson was not tall enough to see him on the short and the intermediate and now Geno Smith can actually like see Tyler Lockett and he's even better yeah but I'm also convinced that DK Metcalf and like the Geno Smith being good if you got Lockett and Metcalf together it's low-key one of the best things you could have gotten in the entire draft is like stack, both those yeah. players next one here players we're not talking about enough I think in the Glansburg scale this is the most Glansburg Glansburg maybe in the entire list Pat Fryermuth, Patty Fryermuth Steelers. I don't know the last time we said Pat Fryermuth's name on this. I don't podcast. think we have. It might be months, years. I don't know. Of all of the 70 plus yard games by a tight end this season, first place is Travis Kelsey with seven. Second place is Pat Fryermuth with five. <laughs> this dude came in as a rookie and kind of immediately lived up to his draft capital. He scored the fourth most tight ends in a season ever by a rookie. Touchdowns? Touchdown, sorry. And then he kind of just hasn't looked back. Like, he's been very good this year. He's been a little banged up, but he's on pace for almost 900 yards. And what's been more impressive this year, in my opinion, is that tight ends oftentimes survive on touchdowns. Once again, Firemouth doing it the old-fashioned way. He's only got one <laughs> touchdown this year. Catches and yards, and the dude is the number seven tight end on the season. He feels like a stealer also. He's like a perfect fit. He's like reliable, sure-handed, tough. He's got the last name that the fans can chant. Like he's got the move. Yeah, crucial. Move. Which is perfect for Pittsburgh, like Heath Miller. Um, I think he's like officially, you know, next year in fantasy drafts. Fryermuth is going to be in that tier too. He's going to be with like Hawkinson, Kittle, and Pitts, in my opinion. I completely agree. You know how like there are some players that are cool and you immediately want to anoint to like the top of their position, like Jamar Chase last year. You're like, oh yeah, he's top five, top, you know, whatever. Craig with George Pickens. And then there are other players where you kind of begrudging, like even if you kind of know that they should be elevated, you kind of just don't want to consider them higher. It's the Brandon tier. Cooks award. You don't want to, you don't want to admit he's good, but he is. Exactly. I don't think I really wanted to admit how good Pat Fryermuth was a tight end, both in real life and in fantasy, until the Steelers basically said that they traded Chase Claypool because they felt that his role was redundant with Pat Fryermuth. Oh, wow. He's the number four tight end in PPR. Number seven in half PPR. Yeah. Number four. Good. He's the only wide receiver in the top 15 in points for, with one touchdown. Like, he's just he's just cranking out yards and, and catches. The old-fashioned way. Great tight end. Great song.
There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, next up, we got a bonus. 11th player. We have not talked about enough this season at True Glansburg. Really, maybe the leading Glansburg in the category. Miles Sanders, running back for the Eagles. Mm. It just exists. He just exists. He's such a Glansburg, honestly, I don't have anything to say about him. He's fine. He's like a great rusher. He's a lot of rushing yards. He has fewer catches than Derrick Henry. Like, Eagles are good. He scored I, touchdowns this year. That's like the only thing. He scored touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. It, Last year he didn't. This year he did. running back. I, the real reason I want to talk about Miles Sanders, um, we had talked on a previous episode, I think the, our, our last episode, about the old boxing uh, myth, but like that people really, re- like plenty yes. of like majority of boxers still believe that you shouldn't have sex in the run up to a fight. Yeah. And it's like kind of like, is that true because of biology or is that just like their trainers wanted them to not go out and party? And it's like, like go focus to curfew. on boxing. Yeah, it's just like, right. gotta raise those T levels. <laughs> and so, like, football players, like, also subscribe to us. A lot of coaches do. So, we were just like, is that true or like what? And like, who still believes in this? Anyway, just so happens, Miles Sanders, uh, did you guys see what happened? Like, his DMs kind of leaked this week. Did you see? No, mm, no, I didn't see that actually. Basically, a like a per, like a this, like, I don't know, lady friend. I don't know. Kind of basically, like, dumped all his DMs that they'd been DMing on like Twitter. And she made a TikTok of like, it was like one of the day in the life videos, but it was like, she called it a, what's a, a sneaky. Oh, what do the kids say these days? It's like a sneaky, like a side, like a sneaky side piece, basically. Okay. And mm-hmm. it was all these DMs. And he literally DMs her. If he can get, can I get like head before my game? So he, are, like, he does not subscribe to that idea. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Was this two weeks ago when he had like 140 yards and two touchdowns? Or was it like three weeks ago when he had like 45 yards total? Mm. We need the like, metadata. I'm, I want to see. Get the metadata. We have home road splits. We have like, you know, weather splits. I kind of want to see the splits on this for Miles Sanders. That's interesting. What what game was it that they played and that he had the 40 yards? Is that Tennessee? The Titans. I can't get the date though on these, <laughs> these DMs. Do you think he was like, Hey, babe, we're playing the Titans. Like, they're going to lock me up anyway, so I might as well. Let me get my rocks off. It ain't going to be my day. I don't need the testosterone this week. We also got... That's power hour, but I'm just jumping into, like, reader emails right mm-hmm. or listener emails right now because we got an email about this, too. So this last episode, we talked about this. And Craig also made a joke in that episode about how I have all these dumb stats that are like the sports science guy who just sounds like a loser doing dumb stats. Uh And someone actually pointed out that somehow we didn't make the connection. Sports science actually did an episode on this about sex before 
games. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did the guys, did the hosts of the show test out the theory? See if they're better well, at boxing so, after getting down? Dude, a heavy, they found a heavyweight boxer. I, I'm not going to lie. The whole thing really questioned my statistical rigor of the show. Right. Like this is not necessarily <laughs> like, the scientific method. They found <laughs> one guy who is a former heavyweight champ. I did. I know there's like a thousand titles in boxing. I didn't quite, I didn't look up which his name's Chris Bird. He said, this is something I've always wanted to disprove. Which one I just thought was so funny. He's like, yeah, I'm really passionate about this. He's like, I've had sex before all my prize fights. I did great. And I was like, that's definitely like science. Like, let's just find someone who wants to prove it. Just, just test that one guy. So this one guy's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So he just wanted guy. everyone to know he was having sex. So. So congrats. Good for you, Chris. That guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> we also got emails. Oh, my God. Okay. So last week. I don't even remember what we were talking about. It doesn't matter. It, we were talking about Mike White. Okay, Mike White. And DK brought up the movie The Legends of the Fall yeah. to yes. just stun silence from Craig and I. And then DK got so mad that Craig and I have not seen Legends of the Fall or heard of it. Well, to be clear, you hadn't heard of it and Craig hadn't seen it. And it has been a real thorn in our side this week. All the Legends <laughs> of the Fall content. Dude, I, 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 let, me, let me just, I, I cannot tell you how many people emailed us about this. I'm how many? Gonna, Give me an estimate. A lot. Thirty more than you thought. Thirty more than saw the movie in theaters. <laughs> this movie is so. This is an email from Sam. Sam, Sam, Sam writes. Let me preface this by saying I listen to every episode of the Big Picture, one of the Ringers movie podcasts from Sean Fennessy. I am a diehard member of Sean Fennessy's currently unnamed fan base. I was a film minor in college. I spend multiple hours a week on the Letterboxd app. I am an AMC A-list subscriber. I've seen over 200 movies this year, new and old. I follow the Oscars like it's fantasy football from January to March. And I play several movie-themed daily games like <laughs> Wordle for movies every morning. I like him establishing his bona fides there. Like. I think I can see where this is. Did you say bona fides? <laughs> Bonafides. Yeah. Oh. Okay. He's establishing his credentials. No, I know. I, yeah. We'll move on. Got tripped up anyway. there for a second. I think I can see where this is going, and I'm loving it. Heifetz, keep going. Sam says, I have never heard of Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Fucking blows my mind. <laughs> Ever. Not once. <laughs> my family literally comes from Montana, and no one has ever mentioned this to he's, me. He's a cinephile who's never heard of a movie that stars Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins, like two of the biggest names in like movies history. Sam, as a film major, <sighs> as somebody who wants to work in film, as somebody who produces the rewatchables, who watches, I don't know, 50 to hundred movies every year, at least I feel you. Let's talk. Here's my reaction. I probably <laughs> overreacted in the moment because it was more of like a generational I think dispute than anything. Like I was just shocked you guys hadn't seen that. I'm not saying it's like the most important movie in movie history. I thought it was bigger than apparently it is. I asked Sean Fennessy about this. The guy, you know, this guy uh, loves Sean <laughs> Fennessy's podcast. So I asked Sean Fennessy about this. Here's what he said. Okay. I think it's understandable to be sub 30 and have not seen it and not have seen it. To not, to have not heard of it is definitely strange. It's based okay. on a beloved novel. It's Sean has heard of every movie that's ever been made. Sean is the last person you should ask. This man is so inside the bottle, he can't read the what label. What are you talking about? He's like the, he's the most expert person we could ask. DK, no. that's literally the... Okay, so some if, friends you have if that he's if they're on the bottle, then we just argument, gotta, if, if this is your argument, Craig, we dismiss this guy too, who's like way too obsessed with movies. That's a fair point. I don't think that's how... <laughs> no, it's not. Because you're asking yes, like, a movie expert... If they, it, 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 the amazing part is that someone who's like an expert in movies has not seen it or heard of it. That's the amazing he part. He started the, he started this email saying he listens to every episode of The Big Picture and he's a diehard member of Sean Fennessy's currently un, unnamed fan base. I asked Sean about it. Now we have Let to Let me finish what he said. It's, he goes, <laughs> it's based on a beloved novel. It's directed by the guy who made Glory and Blood Diamond and it's the first film that really launched Pitt into the stratosphere of fame. That was his reaction. So he's he's absolving uh, you if you're sub thirty and you haven't seen it, but he thinks it's weird if you haven't heard of it. And I agree. We this is so perfect that you're doubling down because we have another email that I wasn't sure if I'm going to read, but I'm going into it because it's half this and half low stakes conspiracy theory from John. 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 John writes DK postured so hard about Legends of the Fall and got exposed because I don't think he's seen the film because that segment was funny because DK dismissed Craig and 
uh, and DH for not knowing the film, but then asked several follow-up questions like what the movie's title is, the plot, and became very dodgy about all details. I could feel his pulse rising. I think we were t- trying to figure out what the title meant, not what the title was. We, we, we asked why it was called Legends of the Fall, and you couldn't really give us an answer. I don't know the etymology of the movie's name. I have seen it. But usually, if somebody has seen a movie, they can usually describe why the movie is titled what it's yeah. titled. I think I could dis- I think I could explain why a movie is titled, even if it's bad. I could explain why a title of a movie is the title for literally every movie I've ever seen. Okay, good try turning this around. I mean, none of this makes any fucking sense. So here's the thing. John literally <laughs> good, ends this good email attempt, by saying, though. John says, if DK will just admit he does not remember the movie at all, we can have a nice healing moment. And if he denies it, I will do the audio equivalent of a Zapruder film analysis. Uh... Are you eating the? Are you reading the same email with the guy that mentioned Bart the Bear? Oh yeah, I guess I get so many. Okay, yeah, we also went from Oliver who same thing. I'm a huge cinephile. Follow all the limited releases. I can say for certain, Heifetz Craig, 100 right, not well remembered. And as someone who has actually seen the movie, extremely boring movie. I think I turned it off before the end. Man, I can that like excludes you from having an opinion. Terrible, terrible take. It's a great movie. There's a reason why this movie has not endured. I can't say why. I haven't seen it, but there is a reason. (laughs) I feel like so many of these people are like, there's a reason this hasn't endured. I haven't seen the movie, but there's a reason for that. It's like, come on. Uh, I I am doubling. I think the, the guy that thinks I haven't seen this movie, like that's the dumbest take this whole thing. I actually can. I will backtrack on my shock that you guys hadn't seen it or heard of it because yes, it's not, it's not like in massive pop culture still or whatever. Like that's fine. It's not in the that. zeitgeist. It was, it's was not in the zeitgeist. Ever? I was afraid to use that term cause I didn't want to sound like, you know, a weirdo, but yes, I was thinking that, um, I, we might have to do a, could we do a, like a little spinoff of the rewatchables and just do a one episode watchables and just do, Watch it one time. (laughs) Don't ever watch it again. Watchable, watchable question mark. Okay, you guys, I feel like we're losing the force of the tree. It has fucking Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins in it. Like, I, that's that's the whole take. Also, Bart the Bear is in it, which we talked about, but it got cut out there. You know how many movies Anthony Hopkins has been in? I don't know. How many? Bart the Bear is cool. This is the second Anthony Hopkins Bart the Bear. How many movies has Brad Pitt been in? A lot. Have you seen? Have you not seen a lot of Brad Pitt's movies? I'm sure I haven't seen all of them. <laughs> you know what the funniest part of <laughs> this is? He's like the most famous what, actor. Second maybe to like Tom Cruise. I think, DK, what you're missing is that you're like I'm a not very missing anything. You guys head. haven't seen the movie. Well, <laughs> fine, you're right. What I'm missing is you're like one of the more calm, level-headed people I know. And you feel stronger about this than like anything I've ever talked to you about. I actually don't honestly feel that strong. Like I said, you guys are probably right. Like it's not in pop. Like people don't quote it anymore. So like I get that. The fact that anymore, <laughs> as if they ever did. <laughs> you keep alluding. No, it's you not. That, it's not this. a quotable like, movie. It's like a war you movie. You keep saying it's not in the popular zeitgeist anymore. Like implying that it was. It was like the 18th yeah, it, picture at the box office. Again, oh my god. Again, god. it was Tragic because it this. starred fucking Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins, like two of the most famous actors in the world. What are you fucking talking about? Have you seen Favor The Favor? No. 1994, Brad Pitt. You didn't see that? Why not? <laughs> Bill Pullman? Brad Pitt? Bill Pullman is not the same level as Anthony Hopkins. I'm just saying, I don't know. <laughs> Coming off Independence Day? What year was uh, Legends of Fall? 1994. I was born that year. <laughs> oh my God. When's your birthday, Craig? August 2nd. August. Legend of the Summer. What's the favor about? Oh, well. So wait, wait, wait. Sorry. We had multiple days. I don't think he's, I don't think he has a big role in it, wait, to be honest. Hold up. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Sorry. Seven years in Tibet. I haven't seen that. I've seen that. Wait, stop. Have you? Did we ever figure out why it was called Legend of the Fall? We had days to figure this out. It was in no. reference to, uh, it was, I think it was the name of the book that the movie was based on. But, wha- but why? But why? The, the name Legends of the, book? of the Fall is like the fall is like the fall from innocence or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Right, Adam and Eve. Okay, okay. I think it's also no. like I'll push back on your bullshit like accusation that I should know what every movie title is supposed to be in reference to. Like, there's a lot of really fucking vague movie titles. 
Give me one. Literally, Nate, what is one movie that uh, that you can watch the movie and then be like, I don't know why that is the title. There's I don't been know what referring to. There's many. I'll make a list. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm not saying it's like the most common thing. It's but it's definitely not uncommon. It's a, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like it's a genuine question. I can't think of a movie where I'm like, I don't know why they named it that. Let's look up the list of Oscar winning movies in last like whatever. Craig, pull up the list. Independence Day. Hmm. No Country for Old Men. Yeah. What's that mean? <laughs> Means it's like hard to be old, hard to get old in Texas. What's that mean? Yeah, that's that's the theme of the movie. Okay, it's not an old man's game. I think it's pretty vague, though. Let's go, if it's Google what Google fall. what you that thought means. It was about a waterfall. I was joking, you fucking idiot. <laughs> God, dude. Uh, it says the uh, old country for old men. <laughs> No Country for Old Men. It's about the meaning refers to the passing of time and generational change. Pretty much what we said. No, that's not what we said. We said, <laughs> we said, oh, it's hard to live in Texas is what I said. DK, you were, okay, that was not the part we were going on. DK, I think you were doing well, but like, this is not the hill you want to die on. Oh, you don't have to tell me what fucking hill to die on, pal. That's what the hills are for. Gladiator. I, mean, I don't want to get too meta here, but like, you're the old man of this podcast. So I'm just yeah, saying. I know, I embrace that. Uh, let's the see Departed. Here. No country. Yeah. Argo. So departed. People who died. Argo. What's that? What's Argo? Argo is the name of the fake company they used to get into Iran, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it, he says at the end? It's it the name of the not. movie. I haven't seen it in 10 years. It's the name of the fake movie. Oh, well, yeah. Heifetz, you're supposed to know automatically what the name of the movie means. I literally just did. You're, you're fighting on technicality. What are you doing right no, now? No, you got it I wrong. Just it you literally got just got it wrong. I'm sorry, company. You got it wrong. Are you? Is this what it's like to talk to me all the time? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Name a few other ones. Uh, best Pictures, uh, Spotlight, uh, Birdman. Coda. What's Coda mean? It means... Coda, isn't that the name in sign language? I didn't see that. It's movie. an acronym for Child of Deaf Adult, I think. Okay. So. I wouldn't say that's super obvious. Well, when you watch the movie, it is. What's My the point shape is, if you've water? seen the movie... What's the shape of water? You know what? That one, you can have. Yeah, that one, you can have. <laughs> if, if, that's the friend, That's the exception that proves the I've rule. seen Shape of Water, and yeah. What's that a, one beat... What's Birdman? Birdman's the name of the play that Michael Keaton's in, in Birdman, right? No. He's the character. He plays the, character the superhero. Is Birdman. The superhero. character is Birdman. Named Birdman. What's yeah. the Hurt Locker? What's that mean? Well, Hurt Locker is like that. a phrase meaning like you're in like you're in like a bad place, like you're in a state of uncomfortability and pain, which feels is what like we're, Jeremy Renner's like we're character guessing. is. Yeah. No, that is what the <laughs> Hurt Locker means. <laughs> He's telling you. Ever you ever use that phrase? I'm in the Hurt Locker. Well, it doesn't matter no, if I use it. I know phrase. <laughs> He's not a bomb. He doesn't defuse bombs in the Middle East. I'm actually just going through all the lists here. It's fun. <laughs> I literally I, the I, silence I of the lambs. That one's pretty fucking vague. You would if you had watched the movie, you'd understand what the silence of the lambs means. All right. Well, feels like did we get anywhere? I don't know. <laughs> like I think it's ridiculous that I think, I think it's ridiculous that you you would say it's obvious what the movie title of any given movie means. Okay. I, I, think I suppose it's, it's not obvious why they named it all the that. time. I, I think there's a lot of very there's named. a lot of very vague movie titles that wouldn't be very obvious to just like a, the layperson. I agree. I agree. Generally, I think you're right. Most of the time, especially when the could... movie is named after like a book or something. Yes, sure. All right. Well, I can just skip this last email because it's a whole email about how men are. Is this from Chris? Sorry, Chris. And it's basically, he was like, he got in a long argument about how men are dumb and like beyond doing dumb things, men can have dumb arguments. And he was like him and his friends had a four hour argument over the course of a week about whether highways are freeways or freeways or highways and like square rectangle. <laughs> and they had all these arguments and they had a fourth friend join and here's tw the both sides in 20 seconds. It immediately takes a side. And then they spend an hour and they're like, you know what? Women would never talk about this for more than 20 seconds. And then Chris ends the email with, so what stupid arguments do you guys have with your friends? But I think they answered that. <laughs> Are the names of movies obvious and clear? Always. I would still argue, after having watched The Legends of the Fall, it's not super clear what the title means. Like Maybe they, maybe they needed the a new, title. Maybe the title is movie. the reason you guys fucking haven't watched it. Who knows? Maybe it's just bad Honestly, it's a, it's a bad title. <laughs> Terrible title. All right. Um, we haven't done the goodbye, everyone. <laughs>
Jesus, we haven't even started. Thank you. So anyway, yeah. Wow. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone who a emailed us to say we were right. Thank you to everyone who is going to email us after this at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com to weigh in on this. And mostly, thank you to anyone, everyone who slogged through all that. (laughs) Don't worry, it'll just be Craig and I. Thank you to Kai for production help. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Uh, Thank you, Legends Never Die. I don't actually know anything about this band. I've never heard of them. I I, I don't know anything about this band. I just Googled Legends into Spotify. (laughs) Did you just reveal your process? Is that what you've been doing this whole time? That's not my process. It turns out Legends Never Die is a song by the band Against the Current. (laughs) (laughs) Against the Current is great because that's what DK, that's the way he's swimming in this movie argument. (laughs) And you know what's perfect about Uh, it? Got the name wrong. <laughs> Sean uh, Sean agrees with me, so that's fine. I see, it's the guy who's seen the, the most movies ever. The person who knows ever. the most about movies I know <laughs> also knew this movie. This is okay. First of all, again, this is the argument all these emailers are having. They're they all come out of the weeds saying they're the best experts on movies. And they've never heard of this. You want to know a, a Brad Pitt movie I haven't seen that he's the lead in, and I think I don't actually know if it was successful, but it's like a popular movie because I think it's so bad. Or, I don't know, some people love it. I'll stop caveating. Meet Joe Black. Yeah. I've never seen that movie, but it has that really terrible scene that, like, got yeah, he famous. He gets hit on... by, like, a car and flies in the air and then just gets smushed by another car or something like that. He gets, like, well, yeah. very brutally murdered by a car. Well, no, he he plays the human personification of death, doesn't he? I always scrolled by that on TBS, and I just was like, Meh. I think he plays, like, the Grim Reaper or something. He's I don't know. The devil. <laughs> have you I seen it? I, I have it. read the... the I've read the description on the channel guide of this movie so many times and just never like stuck. DK, have you seen it? Yeah, but I don't remember it that well. Who else is in it? Um, Oh, I don't remember the name of the actress, but Anthony Hopkins is in it. Anthony Hopkins is in it too. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. They are the two leads of the movie. The poster, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Here's the deal. I've seen it and I fucking heard of it. Again, you're not making the point you think you made, Heifetz. I don't know. It's just funny coincidence. It is a funny Wait, coincidence. Wait, why is it called that? Again, I don't I don't know what point you're making. All right. Well, anyway, this will be a fun fascination of why this podcast broke up. So I hope everyone enjoyed the last episode of the Winter Fantasy Football Show. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.